director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and this show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. In the battle against hate, an all-too-frequent target is the LGBTQ plus community. In the past year, ADL has tracked many very disturbing incidents against this community, including physical violence, death threats, conspiracy theories, and misinformation. ADL and the national LGBTQ plus organization GLAAD have released a first-of-its-kind report tracking extremist and non-extremist acts of harassment, vandalism, and assault motivated by anti-LGBTQ plus hate. Joining the show today to discuss the findings of the report is Sarah Moore. She is an analyst in ADL's Center on Extremism, as well as an employee of GLAAD, a very special partnership, which gives her a unique window into the threats facing this community. Welcome back, Sarah, too, from the front lines. Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me. So let's start with the bottom line. How many anti-LGBTQ plus incidents did the report track? So from June 2022 to April 2023, so an 11-month span, we tracked 356 anti-LGBTQ plus incidents of harassment, vandalism, and assault. I mean, that's not, of course, all incidents, correct? Correct. So we do know that so many of these incidents are underreported. These are the incidents that we either received to ADL through our reporting forms, either things that we tracked in the media from our partner orgs um, or things that we saw on extremist spaces as well. Can you give us an example of the types of incidents we're talking about? Sure. So some of the kind of more popular types of incidents that we've seen have been, for example, harassment of drag shows and drag protesters with, or, I'm sorry, drag shows and drag performers with protesters standing outside many of these venues holding up um, harassing messages or even calls of, of violence against the performers. We've also seen a number of, for example, bomb threats against healthcare facilities that offer gender affirming care and death threats against elected officials that are supporting LGBTQ plus rights. We just finished Pride Month. What were some of the trends that you may have seen during Pride Month when perhaps this might have been particularly acute? Pride 2023 was actually the highest spike in cases from this entire 13-month period that we've documented. We saw 145 anti-LGBTQ plus incidents, um, with many of them tracking along the same kind of trends we saw over the past year. So targeted harassment against drag shows, schools and educators, healthcare facilities, government buildings, and religious institutions as well. Uh, Pride 2023 is actually not part of our report, but look, comparing the numbers, this is a uh, threefold increase from Pride 2022 alone. And it, the numbers from Pride 23 are about 40% of the overall numbers um, in the 11 months we look at for the report. Who's perpetrating these incidents? Do we have a sense? About half of the incidents are perpetrated by individuals associated with extremist groups. This could be people like those affiliated with the Proud Boys, Patriot Front, the White Lives Matter Network, the Active Club Network. And some of the others are, you know, just members of the general public who are being motivated by anti-LGBTQ plus hate. And where are these incidents most often taking place? So we saw incidents occurring nationwide in 46 U.S. states. 
um, but we saw the highest number of incidents in California, New York, Texas, and Florida. Should note there, of course, that those are the states with the highest population in the U.S., um, but they also do have the highest total incident count. And I know that there's an overlap between incidents of hate, uh, which is why ADL from its very beginning knew that it could not fight anti-Semitism without fighting all forms of hate. Did the report make reference to this kind of intersectionality? Absolutely. So we tracked um, cases of anti-Semitic tropes and racist tropes being used alongside anti-LGBTQ plus tropes. And we found that of our 356 incidents, 128 also cited anti-Semitic tropes, and 30 also cited racist tropes. So there's this really strong overlap with other forms of hate. Yeah, you know, it makes me think of the horrific tragedy at the top supermarket in Buffalo. I mean, this was first and foremost an attack on the black community, but the gunman's 180-page, well, what he called the manifesto, was filled with anti-Semitic content in addition to, of course, racist content. Yes, and anti-LGBTQ plus content as well. I mean, a lot of these people are, unfortunately, equal opportunity offenders. So we in the Jewish community talk a lot about tropes or conspiracy theories as the building blocks of anti-Semitism. But I I know that there are tropes against members of the LGBTQ plus community. What are some of the most commonly used tropes? Oh, by far the most commonly used trope is these baseless claims of grooming or pedophilia in the LGBTQ plus community. So these are actually decades old conspiracy theories that are claiming that because LGBTQ plus people cannot reproduce on their own in their minds, um, then that means that they are somehow going out and sexually abusing children or forcing them to become gay. So we saw that there were at least 191 anti-LGBTQ plus incidents that cited this grooming conspiracy theory um, alongside some of the other tropes, including false allegations around gender affirming care and claims of indoctrination in schools. We talk also about microaggressions and the sort of offhanded comments that people may make. It doesn't necessarily rise to the level of a, of a hate incident and certainly not a, a hate crime, uh, but this kind of stereotyping. Maybe talk a little bit about how microaggressions uh, or stereotyping manifest uh, against the LGBTQ plus community. We don't include microaggressions as incidents in our report. But, you know, as you're mentioning, a lot of these kind of smaller offenses oftentimes build up into the larger types of incidents that we're looking at. Um, And what we're seeing right now, going back to our conversation about tropes, is that, you know, so many of these kind of slights against the LGBTQ plus community insinuating that they're perpetrating child abuse or sexual assault or whatever it might be um, are then amounting in individuals actually going out and using those same tropes to actually attack the community. Tell me what you hope will happen as a result of this first-of-its-kind report. So we're hoping that, you know, first and foremost, this weight raises awareness as to the levels of hate and extremism facing the LGBTQ plus community right now. Um, as, you know, as, as kind of ADL's mission is, data is hopefully driving policy in many of these cases And that's actually why with our report, we have a call to action um, in which we are encouraging people to urge Congress to expand funding for the nonprofit security grant program, which would allow LGBTQ plus centers, 
as well as other uh, religious institutions to provide better physical security for their sites in um, the face of rising hate and extremism. I have to make sure I ask, how can people read the full report if they want to or get more information even about uh, your work? The full report is available on ADL's website. It's titled The Gear in Review, Anti-LGBTQ Plus Hate and Extremism Incident 2022-23. to um, It's available there. We also have our data set available for download via ADL's heat map. And you can see more from the GLAD ADL partnership at ADL's hub of anti-LGBTQ plus hate and extremism. Okay, so maybe let's break that down a little bit. ADL's website is ADL.org. Uh, and the heat map is ADL's interactive map. Uh, heat stands for hate, extremism, anti-Semitism, and terrorism. And you can just Google ADL heat map and you'll find it there. Not just attacks against the LGBTQ plus community, but against many other communities as well. Uh, certainly anti-Semitic acts. And that, that's the, the data set that informs the annual audit of anti-Semitic incidents. And the third one you mentioned... Uh, the third one is a new resource we have on ADL's website. It is our hub for anti-LGBTQ plus hate and extremism. And we have all of the wonderful work from ADL's different departments, as well as links out to some of our partners' work, um, including GLAD's website. In the last remaining minute of the show, tell us a little bit about your position, which offered you a unique vantage point to be able to create this first-of-its-kind report. My position is a result of a new partnership between ADL and GLAD that was launched in November of 2022. Um, And it's part of a program in which ADL Center on Extremism is embedding analysts from other organizations that serve different communities um, and allows them to sit alongside analysts that are you know, working within the Center on Extremism, so that way we can combine our knowledge on anti-Semitism, racism, anti-LGBTQ plus hate, and so on, um, because we know that these types of hate are unfortunately intersectional. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for being on the show to reveal the findings of this very disturbing report on hatred against the LGBTQ plus community and for all you do every day to fight against this hatred. Uh, Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. It was great. And, of course, a big thank you to the listeners who tuned in to From the Frontlines, either live on WVOX 1460 AM or as a podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on Spotify to ensure that you do not miss a show. Just search for From the Frontlines. And please engage in these important conversations throughout the week by following me on Facebook and Twitter. My handle is at Scott A. Richmond, and our hashtag is fighting hate for good.